This morning is a morning about joy. Uh, traditionally, it was known as Gaudate Sunday, which I, just rolls right off the tongue, and you all know very well. Uh, it's Latin, and it means rejoice. It's the name of the morning. It's the, it's the theme of the day. It's easy to tell on the Advent wreath, and it's actually one of my favorite ones because it's the one that's pink. All the other ones, I always get confused. Do we go clockwise or counterclockwise? It doesn't matter because the third day is a day of rejoicing, and no matter which way you go, you end up there, which is a good thing when we're at home and I'm trying to remember. But it's a day about joy. And what I love is hearing the laughter that we heard this morning. The joy in God's family, the rejoicing that goes on, the way God's word is present and perfect for the moments of life. Children running by and a word that says, brothers be patient. <laughs> it's beautiful the way God works within the world and amongst his family. Quick clarification though, joy is not happiness and happiness isn't always joy you see happiness is circumstantial it it's something that may happen for a little bit but then it's fleeting it can go away it's usually something that is caused by something immediate and we can have happiness now happiness in the wrong situation that's usually called crazy okay <laughs> Because it, it, there are certain situations that shouldn't bring happiness. And when we find somebody who's happy in those situations, we usually want to check in on them and see what's going on in their lives, right? Now, joy is something that is very different. You see, joy is something that usually sits within our hearts and is a gift because it's something that is given that points towards a promise or is founded upon a promise, right? In our gospel reading this morning, we have John. John, the one who baptized Jesus. John, who was the one to prophesy the way and make the paths straight for the coming Messiah of God's people, the coming Savior of God's people. As he stood at the River Jordan and was calling people to a baptism of repentance and forgiveness of sins and pointing the way to Jesus, John now stands in prison in our text. And he's wondering. He's wondering because he's been prophesying about this Savior who is to come and set the people free. And he sees very clearly that he is not being set free, yet is imprisoned in a prison that is at pretty much the palace and the headquarters of where the reigning guy of the Jews is living, where Herod is living. Herod, who didn't like contests to his throne or any of those sorts of things. And so here sits John in a prison cell expecting a death sentence. And so he starts to wonder, is this Jesus really the Messiah? 
Is this the guy? Is this the one who I was prophesying about? Is he the one that is bringing everything right, bringing order to everything that is broken? Is he truly the one that is lifting up God's people who have been broken down for so long? And is he the one that is going to save us from the impression of all of the nations around who are breaking down this nation of Israel? Is it really him? And you see, if John were to have happiness in that moment, we would think him odd. There are moments in your life where happiness doesn't reside, yet joy might and often does. See, when we look at the finality of a situation, it can be very depressing and very dark because we can't see past that situation, whether it truly is an imprisonment or whether it is a sickness or whether it is a death of a loved one. When we look at the finality of what that is and nothing beyond it, there's no source of joy or happiness or anything. Yet we have a promise that goes beyond that. We have a promise that goes beyond that finality of a death or that finality of the immediate situation. And it's a promise from God for our good and for our benefit. And it's a promise that comes from outside of us. And so it's a promise that we really don't have control over or can change. But it's a promise that God gives and says, look, there is something beyond the life that you see directly in front of you. There's life beyond what you see directly in front of you. And God has taken that upon himself to make that a reality in Jesus. So when John sits in prison and he's reaching out through his disciples that were following around him and he sends them to Jesus, basically saying, are you the guy? Jesus points John right back to his word points him right back to Scripture. He actually points him right back to our Old Testament text today in Isaiah. And there's many other texts that fall along with the same thing that Jesus was saying, but he's pointing John back to something he knew, something that was there well before John ever lived and something that was going to last well after John was dead. He points him back to Isaiah 35. If that's what we read, I'm getting all my texts mixed up right now. But he points him back to our Old Testament text from today. And he says, look, the blind receive their sight. The lame are able to walk. The deaf are able to hear. And good news is being preached to those who need to hear it. See, he took John, who's a prophet, and he pointed him back to another prophet. Pointing him back to Isaiah. Now the interesting thing, and you got to love Jesus in this moment. See, he points John to what is going on in Jesus' life in that very moment. Because what John was looking for were the verses right before what Jesus quoted. Where it said, God will come and save his people and release them. And he will come with vengeance and set them free. Jesus didn't quote that part to John. Because that wasn't happening right now in Jesus' time. That wasn't happening in that moment. But he was pointing John to the bigger promise. 
He was pointing John to the fact that Jesus is the Messiah. He was pointing John to the fact that he is the one who has come to make things right between the creator and creation. See, and that's what brings joy. He was telling John, the reality of your situation is the reality. You're in prison, but that's not the end. It's not the end of it. I didn't come to save you from prison, and I didn't come to lift up just this nation in this time. I came to make things right between creation and the Creator. I came to bring joy. See, and that joy is something that, again, doesn't just happen here on earth, but happens in heaven as well. Remember that as Jesus continued to walk the earth and as Jesus continued to welcome people into his presence, he would sit with folks. And the religious leaders of the day always had a hard time with who he sat with because he would sit with the sinners. He would sit with the outcasts. He would sit with the poor. He would sit with the ones that didn't seem like they should be even thought about. He would sit with the ones who weren't necessarily welcome in the synagogue. He would sit with the ones who were not welcome in the religious areas of the day. But he sat with them because they were the ones that needed him. He sat with them because they were the ones that needed to hear his word and needed to hear the joy that he had for them, the joy that he was making things right. Because as he would sit with them and then talk to the religious leaders, he would say things like, there's more joy in heaven over one repentant sinner than all the 99 righteous that didn't need the salvation. See, that one repentant sinner, that one that might have come from a meal with Jesus, that one that would hear his word and hear that he was the Messiah, he was the salvation, he was the one that was going to take care of them for eternity, the one that would see themselves in their sin and see that Christ had come to save them from their sin. That one, heaven would rejoice over. And we continue to walk with Jesus through his life. And we hear Paul as he wrote about Jesus going to the crucifixion. Not a happy time. Not a joyous time. But the time where our Lord was going to the cross going to the cross to carry our sin, and we hear that he went for the joy set before him. It doesn't make sense, does it? As he would walk towards an execution for the joy set before him. We know that the source of that joy would not have been the moment of that execution. It would not have been the moment of that crucifixion. It would not have been the suffering. It would not have been the pain. But the joy set before him is life with you in eternity. You were the joy set before Jesus because as he raised from the dead three days later after that execution, he knew that he would be walking into eternity and making things right between the creator of the world and you so that you could enjoy that life. So that you could be there at that wedding feast of the Lamb. So that you could be there at that eternal meal. So that you could be there in the eternity of the joy of praising and singing and life. That's the joy that is set before him. And that's the joy that we look forward to. That's the joy where our loved ones who have died and faith are enjoying. They're the ones that are rejoicing in God's presence. 
And that's what brings us joy in the midst of things that are sad and are hard and are times that we can't see any other way through, but we rest in the promises of our Lord. Our Lord who has died for us, our Lord who lives for us, and our Lord who gives the gift of faith to rejoice in the peace that he has made between us and God. The wholeness of a relationship, the restoration of life brought to a world that was separate. You see, he restored that. He restored that wholeness so that we could have joy. So in our daily walks right now, as hard as many of them may be, we don't have joy because of what life gives us now, but we have joy in what God has given us in Jesus. And as he calls us into that life and plants within our hearts that gift of faith to hold on to those promises, we see that it is his gift and his doing. As we walk through those waters of baptism and you hear God's name put upon you, that name is a name that's everlasting. And it's a name that brings joy. As he calls you his child. Amen. We pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the joy that you bring in this life as we sing and as we rejoice, knowing that there is a day to come where that will happen for eternity. And we pray, Father, that more and more we'll see that gift that you have given through Jesus. To know that it is not upon our shoulders to earn your love, but to know that you have loved us fully in Jesus. Be with us this day as we receive your word and as we receive your gifts of grace and mercy and peace and forgiveness. All in Jesus' name. Amen.